welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's Baseball Podcast. <laughs> back for another week. Steven, what are you doing there? You're like dancing around. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> your co-host Jane, and with me as always is Lauren. I'm I'm Lauren. That's Lauren and Steven. You. Hey. Uh, we should just jump right into this week's <laughs> <laughs> this week's very important topic. We're really um, excited, aren't we? This is yeah. This is the kind of stuff that we you know. This is why we started the show. This, this is, is what we live for. This yeah. is what we live for. Uh, it's very, very important stuff here. We're we got a little, uh, I guess, kind of a reading series here, and it's one gross food stuff. Two Philadelphia. We love gross food stuff. We hate Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, uh, a, a big part of this is the Mets, which we seem to not be able to get away from. <laughs> That's you. That's that is kind of me. Uh, we are, yeah. Sorry, but we're we're just kind of chained to them psychically. I'm actually. Something. I'm going to be. Um, uh, I'm waging a covert guerrilla warfare psychologically against you to try and get our podcasts to slowly stop talking about the NL East entirely. <laughs> Good luck. I don't think it's going to happen as long as like as long as the Mets are are winning. I don't think there's really much, really any way we can we can get around that. Oh, and Sorry. Even if they and even if they start losing, it's still going to mean that we have to talk about them. Yep. Like I said, we are. We are we're psychically chained to the Mets. Uh, you know, like our fates are entwined. This is a topic that is NL East centric that I am at least interested in discussing. Why don't you get into it, Stephen? What are we talking about this week? Matt Monahan on MLB.com published a few days ago an article titled Baseball's Underground Cheesesteak Eating Contest. And I had heard tell of this in the past because... Because we talked about it, it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard about it, I like, I remember vaguely seeing something about it, like, years ago, um, but not really thinking too hard about it because it's just, like, whatever. I Is it, like, not... a Philadelphia, like, uh, urban legend? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's It's kind of <laughs> like one of those things where you don't even really realize when exactly you first heard about it. It's just like, oh, yeah. But um, I it wasn't until now that I realized how fucking deep this shit went. Yeah, lead us down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we had that news story I don't know, about a month and a half ago or so. I can't remember when. Everything's a blur these days. About the Brewers bullp- uh, bullpen catcher who ate, what was it, I believe 23 cheesesteaks over a three-day period. Brewers bullpen catcher Marcus Hannell ate 18 over a three-day period. Uh, that record has been broken by Rockies coach Mike Jasperson, uh, who had 21 and a half over the course of three days. So let's back up. Uh, our story begins in the year 2008, very important year for the Phillies. That was the year that when National Dimitri Young decided to eat a lot of cheesesteaks because he likes eating the foods of the local places he visits while touring famous Um, big boy famous big boy quote it wasn't even a dare i was just hungry (laughs) most i think most good food dares do start that way yeah so over the course of his time uh it's a three-day three-day series uh over that over that period of time uh dimitri young ate 11 cheesesteaks 
that's disgusting in and of itself and to yeah. to for that to be like the baseline is just mm-hmm. completely unhinged i i i i do think it speaks to like the the, the mindset of a champion though mm. and the mindset of an athlete who's like not gonna like be like a fly-by-wire i'm in philly Del- I'm, I'm in philly i'm gonna have like one or two i'm gonna eat cheese sticks until i'm full then yeah. i'm gonna stop i think what's really impressive here is that he wasn't doing it for a competition it mm-hmm. was like that was just what he ate. It was love of the game. Yeah. It's like how, you know, Wade Boggs didn't drink those hundred beers because, <laughs> you know, he wanted to break a record. He was just like thirsty, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah. the, the, the Red Sox weren't eating chicken and uh, fried chicken and beer in the bullpen um, for the sake of like c- competing with each other. They're just doing it because they wanted some fucking chicken and beer. From there, a structure was born where visiting players would compete with each other to see who could eat the most cheesesteaks in the sh- the time that they were allotted uh, on the road in Philly. Now, Todd Zalecki has documented four rules that are enshrined in this contest. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's uh, that it's become a, a formal thing here. It is a formal thing. There is thing. A, a regulating body. There is there are <laughs> rules. There are records. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, and I would love to follow up, uh, do some digging onto what exactly they mean by this. But apparently, like the official record books for this contest were lost during COVID. It was not explained further. Uh, what that means. It's like how New Orleans lost a whole bunch of records and stuff during Katrina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we do have a rough, rough list of uh, current and past champions for each category, which we will get to. But first, the rules. Number one, everything must be consumed in the clubhouse. I like this, all right? Yep, make sure that there is integrity. Number two, no yakking. It doesn't count if it comes back up. Do they use the word yakking? That is what is where that is what is printed. And I think that rule is a carryover for most like competitive eating competitions. Yeah, like, I think Nathan's hot dogs follows the same principle. That's pretty. That's boilerplate. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> competitive eating stuff. Yeah. Number three, some form of meat must be on the roll. Oh wait, 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 wait. So okay, so it doesn't have to be steak. What can be chicken? Yes. Yeah, chicken Philly. Th- I think yes. chicken Philly's uh, cheesesteaks okay. is pretty common in Philly. Okay, so, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would like to, I would like to pause for a minute, and say chicken cheesesteaks are the superior cheesesteaks. I believe uh-huh. that. Interesting. The superior version of that. Have either of you ever heard of a pizza steak? Yeah, no. I've heard of that. It's like it's putting marinara and mozzarella on it, right? Exactly. Okay. The yeah, ideal that great. form of of Philly ish sandwich is a chicken pizza steak. I will take this to the grave. I will fight any of my fellow Philadelphians on this matter. That sounds fantastic. It's amazing. Because I think with with chicken, like, uh, the floor is much higher than, like, you can get really, like, shit quality beef and it sucks. Like, chicken's gonna be all right. Yeah. You know, and, like, what? how how good of beef are you really getting in a cheesesteak? Not good. Almost, <laughs> almost never good. The shaved beef especially is going to be a little... There's yeah, textural yeah. issues sometimes there. Yeah. I will not say cheesesteaks are bad, because yeah. I am who I am, but right. they they are unworthy of their status. The, the official sandwich of Philadelphia should be the roast pork with broccoli rob and sharp provolone. I was going to say, isn't... Yeah. But that is... That kind of flies under the radar a bit. 
Is there a pizza-fied version of that? I can't imagine so. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd be willing to try it. Uh, the final rule is that uh, the bun must be filled. It can't just mm-hmm. be an empty bun. A few people have found their ways around this rule. Uh, so, okay, so let's let's go through let's go through the records. Uh, I've got a record a leaderboard here. It's in the article. We can link to it in the description. But in the 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 individual three day record, which is the ideal, because that's what is mostly going on anyway. Yeah, that's the most common sort of series that you're going to have there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of yeah. I, I, I get it, yeah. From the bottom up, we have all-star outfielder Dimitri Young, as has been mentioned, with 11. Mm-hmm. We have Mets bullpen catcher Dave Rassiniello at 14. We have another Mets bullpen catcher, Eric Langill, at 17. We have Brewers bullpen catcher Marcus Hannell at 18. And the current title holder is Rockies coach Mike Jesperson at 21 and a half. So he's eating like seven cheesesteaks a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, so ugh. he consulted with his nutritionist <laughs> prior to this and he had a game plan. Um, he actually mostly ate chicken cheesesteaks. Is this like when, uh, when Homer went to Dr. Hibbert with his weight gain plan and he's just like, good <laughs> lord, you can't do this. So he went to his, like, did he find like a Dr. Nick ass uh, nutritionist to get on this? He found Dr. Nick and Dr. Nick gave him the famous paper um, paper bag or paper test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> he's I just think like, you can do it, just use chicken instead. I find <laughs> it really funny that his his strategy was... Before going to the ballpark, he got a large iced coffee and drank it as fast as he could to promote oh. digestion. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. With all this, like, with all that, um, like, liquid cheese coming in right after? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. How are these guys not, like, shitting their pants on, like, day two and especially day three? Um, I mean that's technically not against the rules. It's yeah, if it comes out that yeah, way, it's legal. You can't yak. You can't yak, but you know, and and these ca- and these bloody guys are bullpen catchers. They're squatted over. Yeah. 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 Well, Jasperson is is a strength coach in fairness. Okay. Another fun strat that he had was he started he would switch up he would add like hot sauce to some of them to like switch up the flavoring at least to make them more manageable. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I wouldn't want a, a ton of hot sauce in my body with all the rest of that going on personally. Are these guys doing like the onions and peppers and stuff in them? I don't I don't know. I I assume not because just more. But yeah, yeah. Who, who, who the fuck knows? Well, I think the competitive eating thing especially is really where at the, at the very high end is where you start to see the guys getting really abstract with the concepts of the food. So I'm guessing you're almost certainly leaving that off just for the same principle that like at the Nathan's hot dog contest, are dipping the hot dog in water for mm. the bun to compress. That's the grossest shit in the world. Like it's really gross. A, yeah. A, Speaking a plain, of a plain hot dog, just a <laughs> bun and a hot dog, and then just dipping it in water as fast as you can and jamming it in your mouth is like the most disgusting meal I can. It's one of those disgusting meals I can think of. Yeah, we should probably put some kind of trigger warning on this episode. <laughs> like unironically. Yeah, trigger warning, body horror. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a fun thing, uh, a fun note about that. So let's talk about the individual one-day records for a second. 
Mm-hmm. Um, starting from the bottom, we've got outfielder Corey Hart at seven. We've got uh, Mets bullpen catcher Dave Rassiniello again from the other list. Uh, he had seven and a half in one day. We have closer Bobby Thigpen. I don't know these names. He had eight in a day. Uh, giant special assistant coach Chad Chop. Incredible name. Chad Chop? Chad Chop. He had ten. Uh, he was he was recently dethroned by infielder Adrian Sanchez at ten and a half. But I need to circle back to Chad Chop. Because uh, in order to break the previous record, which was eight, he needed two more cheesesteaks. He blended the final two into a liquid and drank it. That's the most disgusting thing. I thought that the uh, the you know plain hot dogs dipped in water was gross, but like, oh my god, yeah, just uh, cheesesteak no. soup going full like, going full like protein shake on it. I can't. He yeah. was coaxed into yeah. this by Brandon Belt, <laughs> who offered ten grand if he broke the record. Okay, okay, for ten grand, I might do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no question. I would definitely um, do it for ten grand. I would have a couple credit cards. The, ten yeah. cheesesteaks in a day for ten grand? Are you kidding? The me? next day, I would do it for. I would do that for like four hundred bucks. <laughs> the next day, Matt Kane offered him an additional grand if he had a breakfast cheesesteak. Which <laughs> what? Which he? Did. I gotta. I gotta get a fucking job with one of these teams. I'll. I'll be the like. I'll like eat shit like you know the in like a like a elementary school cafeteria when they're giving you a couple bucks to eat uh-huh. like gross shit. I'll do that for these guys for like, like a modern yeah. day jester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me like yeah. Hey, Honestly, give give me fifteen grand. I'll eat all those sunflower <laughs> seed shells. Like no problem. I can't right off the ground. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of a better job in baseball than oh. bullpen catcher. It is very cool. Yeah, lots to be said for it. You get all the perks of like. Well, I guess I guess being away from your family for half the year is is uh, not a perk, but like you don't get paid as well. I don't know. You just get to hang out, get, basically. Yeah, you live the lifestyle, even if you're not getting paid the same. And like mm-hmm. you're not like you're not like at the support staff level where you're not really interacting with the guys outside of your little niche field. I guess like you feel more like a member of the team, probably. Yeah. Um, sure. That said, I do. I do always wonder if it would be a little bit like feeling like you're like the like the king's like fourth or fifth brother on the on the succession <laughs> throne. Like, what would happen if dot 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 kind of thing? Like, yeah, break a couple legs, smash a couple metal tarsals. You know, you're on the, in the show. Like, oh, like uh, like the like the emergency goalie in hockey. Yeah, I don't know if that's like I, I think there are protocols for like what happens if all of the catchers on the roster get injured. I don't know if it actually goes to the bullpen catcher or not, but I feel like no. you'd want some kind of like royal succession situation where it could happen. Like it feels like it could be there. Mm. Yeah, you get your shot in the show. No, teams have like a just one of their other guys on their roster is like, all right, you are our backup emergency <laughs> catcher. I know for the for the Twins for a long time, it, I think it was uh, Eduardo Escobar. Well, if something happens to that guy too, like. Yeah. That's like like the hockey team also has someone who's not like the first two goalies who can go in there who's on the roster. But then if that guy something ha- something happens to him, then like they're not gonna get someone out of the, out of the stands. But the game has the game needs a catcher to go on. So I don't know. Yeah, no, they they just suit up a random person, you know, <laughs> on, on the uh, on the roster. Like, 
yeah, it's just some position player is just gonna <laughs> get fitted with the catcher's gear that they but have. And it's not out. uncommon to like run out of the guys off the bench. Yeah, no, the Twins do that. Uh, the Twins this year, like I've been scared that it's gonna happen to them all the time because they're uh, they're two catchers they carry on the roster, uh, Jeffers and Sanchez. Like they'll have one of them DH and the other one catch a lot, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> like. This this is just it's a uh, recipe for disaster. For trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it. speaking of guys named Sanchez, I, I do have to shout out Adrian Sanchez for being like the only infielder on here. Also, kind of the only like fairly petite guy. Yeah. Like everyone else is like a a a, a hefty outfielder or a closer or like staff. Mm-hmm. He's right. the only one who's like has this. I would call I generously call a slim build that I can identify. Yeah, bullpen guys, they're just hanging out most of the time anyway. Yeah. And then even if they do have to go do some work, it's like, you know, an inning of work. Whereas he but... was playing like second base the next day. <laughs> <laughs> After eating ten and a half cheesesteaks in one day. <laughs> See, I think the yeah Ugh. the single day records aren't as gross as the three day records. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, like it's a higher number. But... I don't think I could eat as many as these guys. They're athletes. They can always put away food, but like mm-hmm. the over the course of a couple days stuff is like especially foul to me. <laughs> the the team day record is, has stood for eleven years, and it mm-hmm. um it is held by the New York Mets. Of course, uh, the team one day record. In one day, the New York Mets ate a hundred and three cheesesteaks. A hundred and three cheesesteaks. So Which, that would have been the 2011 Mets, is that right? That would have been the 2011 Nets, Mets. And what is interesting about that is they broke it. They broke that record uh, during a, a very well-known Mets-Phillies game. Uh, it was the game where in the top of the ninth, it was announced that Osama bin Laden had been killed. Had and, been compromised to a permanent end. So. And the Mets and the Phillies fans joined together <laughs> to celebrate the news by doing that thing. And honestly, I think that game is incredibly important for this. I, I'm, I'm trying to be funny, but every time every time I'm, I like try to find like a cute little like thing to say about this my brain just goes to like a cup of cheesesteak yeah, yeah. Let, let's two things to consider about that game other than just osama bin laden 14th inning uh uh philly's win mm. was the eating the cheesesteaks before or after i think that's very critical in, in analyzing what went down there <laughs> i believe it might have been before and during Okay, so it was very long. Oh, so they had some time in the so extra yeah. I to, think like, part of the reason why I think part of the reason why the record has has hold is because they had extra innings to work on them. Okay, that's... but they have to eat them in the clubhouse, right? Yeah, I guess they're going in and out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or unless like the, in relief, the relievers are probably carrying a lot of the load here. Uh, let's take a, a quick look at that roster here and see uh, what the 2011 Mets had going on. Well, uh, Jose Reyes, first and foremost uh, star of the team that year, followed closely by Carlos Beltran. All right, and Daniel Murphy. Oh my God, these, these are not small men. I'm no. so sorry, I misread. I'm so sorry. 
the Mets broke the record in 2011 on that game, the Osama Bin Laden game, and mm-hmm. then they broke their own record in 2014. Oh. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> so I think... So they yeah they okay. they broke their own record okay they, yeah. but they but but what we said was accurate besides the hundred and three part yeah. so they did they did break a gluttony record on the same day Osama <laughs> bin Laden was killed mm-hmm. which they did is again later that's our, just okay so perfectly American I um, love that the record yeah. the record that they broke on the Osama bin Laden game was somewhere in the eighties okay so they that blew makes... it out of the water okay mm. uh, with. Uh, I've got a few. I've got a few names here from the article of mm-hmm. people who are on that roster. Uh, we got quote noted junk eater Jacob Degrom. Interesting. Uh, in addition to uh, Bobby Abreu, Jose Valverde, and Bartolo Colon. And that's the 2014 one. Yeah. Okay, like that makes sense. Like 2011, I'm looking at these guys, and they they are not like at that level of 2014 team. Like pre-break got Justin Turner. Uh, Ruben Tejada, Ari Dickey, these are these are journeymen cheesesteak eaters at best. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, you get to 2014 and they got Bartolo Colon on the team. like but... And like Travis Sternode, Fabio Abreu as mentioned, Dana Murphy's still there. Yeah, yeah, they, I can see these guys packing it in. Good for them. <laughs> the people who prepare these cheesesteaks for the visiting for the visiting clubhouse, uh, every, a lot of people say it's the best cheesesteak they've ever had. Okay, that that huh. does go a long way. I feel I feel better about getting these down if it wasn't like a like a like a high school cheesesteak. Yeah, like it was like a nice one, or or even like I couldn't do this with a Pat's or Gino's steak. Yeah, that you don't just, have to go to like the racist cheesesteak place, <laughs> right? <to get> them. <laughs> well, all, like yes, they're racist and shitty. They're also bad, guys. Yeah, stop yeah. going there. If you yeah. want to be a tourist in Philly and want a cheesesteak, don't go there because they're G- bad. Can you give us? Can you give us an inside uh, recommendation here? Inside scoop. No, say that for the Patreon side. Say that. Uh, okay. No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. You can. <laughs> I mean, Steve's and Jim's are okay, but my my personal preference for cheesesteaks. Whenever I, on the rare occasion that I'm like, I feel like a cheesesteak. I want a cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. Go to a non-chain pizza place. Mm-hmm. All of our non, all of our like those types of restaurants in Philly. Mm-hmm. They all have cheesesteaks on the menu, and the 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 humble non-chain pizza places, they all have cheesesteaks, and they're all pretty fucking good. The lowest quality one of those that I've had has been on par with a Pat's or, che- or Gino's cheesesteak. That makes kind of sense, yeah. I okay. actually find a, re- yeah, I find a really great authentic cheesesteak where you can this place uh, called Firehouse Subs. It's really good. Yeah. No, is it actually illegal to open a Philly cheesesteak uh, place in Philadelphia if if you have like a joint like name like if you're like if you're like Fred Kimball rather than just like Fred's like it seems like it, that that would like violate some kind of sacred tradition. You know, I haven't checked the 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 city charter lately. Cuz like the first one was like famously Ben's. They wouldn't have called it Ben Franklin's. Oh. Huh. <laughs> oh come on that gets more than uh, a ha uh, that's <laughs> a, fuck you that's a, that's, fuck a gro- you. that's a groaner lauren i'm sorry i'm, I'm working this okay I'm, yeah. I'm making an effort here i'm like <laughs> you guys just want to talk about like the ground up cheesecakes in a blender i'm trying to do gags and bits <laughs> <laughs> oh there's gags in this for sure yeah yeah. So yeah, I I heartily approve of this. I think that we should 
I think that we should be contacting the Phillies about those those lost record books because I think this is a this is a serious institution that needs mm-hmm. to be respected and upheld because I don't know shit's fun more fun things more team build like this is a team building exercise the Phillies should the Phillies should have like a they should challenge the Mets to it to a cheesesteak eating contest over a three game series and see which team eats the most that would be that would fucking rock Mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, none of these records seem to be held by uh, Phillies. Well, because it's it's specifically for out of town people, right? Oh, okay, was that because like they would I, have an advantage? Here, I guess. Yeah, or just like they're just like I don't know. That's fucking tourist shit. Going and getting a cheesesteak, you know? I guess I don't know. I really, I really, I really want the Phillies to challenge the Mets now because the Mets appear, appear to be team wide a worthy opponent. I want the fanatic versus Mr. Met to do one and then just see like the vomit coming out of the mascot mouth. <laughs> I agree that would be great. I, I here's the thing though. Um I agree that this is is something like the Phillies should do more often and also like MLB should embrace this kind of thing and other teams should embrace this kind of thing too. But Critically, I never want to see this anywhere other than like the visiting players Instagram videos. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to see videos of this. No, 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 you're, you're, you're misunderstanding me. I only want this to be, like, spread through the player's private media. If I ever see, like, an MLB.com update about, yeah. like, buy your tickets in advance for the DraftKings-sponsored Philadelphia rival team cheesecake yeah, eating contest, that. I will kill myself. That would be horrible. It would be dead immediately. I only want to get it through, like, Kyle Freeland's, like, TikTok account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this is, this, is, this is for the players. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even need to know about it. Like I just need to know that it is being, that it is that the records are being kept. I don't need to know them. I would like to know who the champions are, but like, this is between the teams and God, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to go to Fangraphs and find out like they put a stat cast in the like a stat cast machine in the room, and it's like generating like like uh, like launch angle for like getting this cheese stick into their mouths. I don't need that level of granular detail. Yeah, no, detail. no psycho sabermetrics no. on this one. No, well, that would just no. be like regular sabermetrics. The whole <laughs> contest has a vaguely psycho sabermetric vibe to it that I appreciate. Gross. This is this this story is disgusting. Jane, what if the twins had something like this? What would the food? That be? is literally exactly what I was about to ask and then forgot. Minnesota is really, I think, really annoying about food stuff. Uh, we don't really have very much good food here. It's like the stereotypes, like oh, hot dish or something. But really, it would it would definitely be juicy Lucy's. Okay, yeah. like that's the that's the thing that everybody here is like ha- has become very proud of. I would mm-hmm. say in the last over the last decade or two. Remind me what that is. It is a hamburger where the cheese is inside the patty when it's cooked, and it just becomes like lava. I <laughs> I don't. I don't like those sorts of things. They're good. I like those. They're but... fine. Yeah, it's like it's a good burger. It's not. Yeah, the famous yeah. place around here is called is like one. There's you know, of course, there's several places that claim they even they invented it. <laughs> of course, that's how all of these sort of like local little food things uh, go. Um, I don't know. The big one around here is Matt's. That's one of the big ones, and I actually don't even think that that's the thing that's good to get there. Like, mm-hmm. um the 
I don't know. It's like their their like griddle or their grill is like what makes it good. So you want to get the surface area, um, and mm-hmm. so you get you get a double burger there instead of the juicy Lucy with cheese on it, and then you get all of, a whole bunch of extra surface area from that grill. Onto but without there. like the explosion of like molten hot cheese in your mouth, yeah, yeah. I, I instead of that, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's way better to just mm-hmm. get a normal burger. But yeah, juicy Lucy's would definitely be the uh the one that they would do um but like god help anyone that tries to eat really more than one of those (laughs) but probably but like you know if you put away three of those in a day good lord like your heart's just gonna stop yeah 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 yeah. i mean really it's it's not super different in terms of uh like you know the ingredients to a cheese steak but it's I don't know. In form, it is. I think, and I think the the cheese. It's less of like that, like you know, cheese sauce sort of thing that you put on a cheesesteak. Um, and it's just like I don't know. It's thicker. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I think the DC version would probably just be like a half smoke, which like, if if you don't know half smoke, it's basically like a good sized hot like hot dog that's been smoked, and usually there's like chili on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cheese, so it's basically like a big chili dog. Um, mm. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfectly fine as like a food eating context, but it doesn't really have that like the the joie de vivre of, of the uh, the Philly the Philly cheesesteak uh, by mm-hmm. comparison. What other team has such a strong local food correlated with it? Baltimore, you could just do crabs. Like <laughs> Baltimore crabs would be good. Yeah, just, just yeah, loading just like, up on oh, man, seafood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I ate just tons of crabs, got mercury poisoning. Yeah, like What's Houston, like a, like a Houston, like um, like uh, Vietnamese crawfish boil would actually be really cool. Um, oh. It really is a shame there's no longer a baseball team in New Orleans because there's so many things you could do, like yeah. oyster po' boys or like mufalettas or <laughs> you know hot, you know a bazillion different mm-hmm. desserts or anything. But they moved the team to God knows where. <laughs> Just eating a whole bunch of po' boys is so mm. gross. <laughs> I mean, that's been I've I've been there, so no, I I have to disagree. I think that's normal. Yeah. Uh, Toronto could do poutine. Yeah, you just have to like one. you weigh it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I think I think about it, just eating a single muffaletta in one sitting would be incredibly impressive. Someone like in the AAA uh, system has to have gone down to Central Grocery Co. New Orleans at some point for the Marlins and just been like, I'm gonna eat a whole one of these things. So I guess that's probably the standing record there. Yeah, yeah, it's a very big sandwich. Yeah, Chicago could do a hot dog eating thing. Oh no! Chicago should do um, uh, Italian beef. That'd be good. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the 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 Cubs and the White Sox could compete with each other. Meh. No. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh. I, even though I know Pittsburgh people hate the association, like Primanti Brothers would be like an easy one. Do they hate the know. association? I think so. I think they, like a lot of Pittsburgh people like it's like it's a tourist food, which it is. But mm. so it's Philly cheesesteak kind of like Just taken down. Could just yeah, taking down bowl after bowl of skyline chili. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I still really want to try it. I do too. I think it's yeah. fine. Listen, I like a little bit of chili. It looks fine to me. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I was at I was at the I was at Great American Ballpark last year, um, mm-hmm. with friend of the show Liz Rocher, and I had all intention of. <laughs> of grabbing a, a skyline chili and i looked i i looked at it not the pictures of it but i looked at the actual thing and i was like no <laughs> I'm, i don't need to i'm fine can you 
Can Fair you enough. get it in a helmet? Like, you know, you can get a Sunday <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah, someone has to have done that. Yeah, yeah, it has to. Yeah. You know, that actually reminds me when, when we talked with Liz on the episode, that was the episode where we, we first mentioned this. And I think uh, actually they should do this in Colorado for the um, Rocky Mountain Oyster eating competition. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. All right. That's been about a half hour of gross yeah, food shit. That's enough of that. Uh, so let's go into mailbag, all right? Uh, at Kitchen Software, am I a genius for playing the show on easy and hitting 181 home runs in a single season? Yeah, it's incredibly fun. Yeah, yeah. I totally support that. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. It is. I, I've done that too. It's very, very fun. Uh, and I think it's probably the healthiest video game power <laughs> fantasy that exists, <laughs> considering yeah, most of them are murder simulators yeah. or, you know, you're like uh, destroying a city or, you know, you're playing paradox games and you're just doing like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're just like um, recreating 19th century colonialism. Um, not that there's anything like really, really, you know, I'm not saying you're a bad person for doing those things, but like uh, much, much healthier to just be like, Oh yeah, I uh, just threw eight perfect games in a row, or something. Right, like <laughs> what? Way I, better. Like what if I was the love child of Clayton Kershaw and and, and Pedro Martinez? Like that's yeah. so much healthier than like <laughs> yeah. what I was doing yesterday, where I was I was playing the uh, the the city simulator where um, beavers have taken over the post apocalyptic Earth, and I accidentally did a, a minor genocide when I exported food from the inner colony to the outer colony, and the inner colony starved to death. Oh. You did a holodomor on. I, I did a little. Bit, I did a little bit of a holodomor on accident. Just the, the beaver stall. Just goes to show it's easier than you think. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we call an oopsie. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. At Hotline Marty Goo, uh, how bad would Otani have to be to not be a lock for MVP again? I think we've talked a fair bit about like what what would like a good rather than great otani look like and how hard like i think we've talked about this specific question or pretty close to this a couple times now and i think the answer is usually like the wild card factor of a person who's essentially giving you two uh roster spots is really hard to calculate by stuff like war like it's not as simple as just adding offensive war plus pitching war Um, you really have to find like some kind of way to uh just from a roster management perspective calculate or, or build that calculation into it um right i really think like anything better than a like a, a league average hitter and a league average pitcher is like the equivalent of should at least get votes uh, oh yeah MVP. i would say yeah. that's that's like top like, three kind of automatically if you're if you're doing what otani does and you have like a 110 era mm-hmm. <laughs> plus and uh, a like a 110, 110 OPS yeah. plus yeah, or one WRC plus and yeah, a 110 uh, OPS plus or, or I mean, uh, ERA plus, whatever, you know, you're mm-hmm. 10% better than the average player. Uh, I still think that like you are far and away the most valuable player uh, just from being able to have two slots like that. And especially if you manage like over 100 innings pit, let's yeah. say over 120 innings pitched and over right. 450 plate appearances. Yeah, that's like the value accumulated there is insane. That is like what I like actually think is most valuable, but like in terms of getting votes and getting voted MVP, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he was doing vote both, I don't think like he would win still though. 
no. if he was just barely above if he was just above average in both but not like great in one or both I think we're already going to see this year there's going to be like a diminishing return like Mike Trout always faces where like yeah he was incredible but he's already won so it's like is he, is he that incredible again like voters right. just tend to have um sort of like a, this idea of regression in their head like where if they're not constantly getting better if they're just as good as they were even uh it's it's less rewarding to give them the award every time even though it's it's why Mike Trout only has like what like four MVPs when he should have like seven right if you look right. at a really strict definition of of, of the, the phrase uh, from the Discord, Grateful Kent. Do you think there's a mask identifying person inside the Mr. Met costume and a femme identifying person inside the Mrs. Met costume? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's probably a uh, probably a mask identifying them both. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, I probably yeah. both. Yeah. Somebody in the Discord did say that they what did they say they uh, that they saw Phoebe was, fanatic. They saw the they saw Phoebe fanatic and there was a very um east coast rough sort of sounding dude inside of her mm-hmm. yeah i would actually be surprised if there would i would not be surprised if there was like a, a gay little twink in each one yeah because the mets the mets are both um like they're very thin by mascot standards mm-hmm. um, yeah mrs met has a dump truck but i think that's padding mm-hmm. so yeah that, that those could be played by literally anybody uh, I, th- I think another factor here is that, like, if you look at mascots as a whole across not just sports, but like the entire uh, like spectrum of mascotdom, uh, like the the tweaky little guy- gays are disproportionately disproportionately represented because of Disneyland. Mm, sure. Yes. Novels. What was your favorite game day giveaway that you've ever seen? What's the best one you've ever gotten yourself? Um, we've talked about this kind of before. Um, I know I used the episode art one one episode uh-huh. of the St. Paul Saints, Larry Craig, Wide Stance, Bobblefoot. Um, I think that's the best one I've ever seen, but that's but I have not gotten that one. Um, let's see. My best one was I got a I got a water bottle, a glass water bottle with a bamboo cap that was like wrapped in like a little rubber casing that was like pretty fucking good i still use it um that's really nice yeah. courtesy of uh, one of the local unions i forget which one but shout out to them yeah my my best one ever that i still actually do use as well is the arizona diamondbacks giveaway car sunshade mm. for the mm. front window that's pretty yeah. good very very I, good region specific giveaway practical they, they have to give that away like every other year <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know i i haven't really gotten that many great ones to be honest like i've gotten tons of shirts and hats mm-hmm. or dumb little you know baubles and gugas uh the one that the ones that i regret the most or the one that i regret the most is not getting the i think it was 2014 or 2015 the uh luchador mask that they gave mm-hmm. away at the twins game mm-hmm. that would I, I really really regret not getting that that's um, a good one the 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 prince giveaways are very popular among people oh, here. They've gotta you be. see the 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 Minnesota Twins like purple prince jerseys. You see those on people quite a lot around here. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I most of the time the shirts kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I have one good shirt. I've gotten many, but I have one that I like mm-hmm. semi wear regularly. The the. The pro- we did, I know we just talked about the pride mm-hmm. giveaway stuff like fucking last week, but uh, I looked at the the twins pride giveaway this year and it's pretty good. It's tanked up. Nice. That's um, a good one. It looks yeah. it looks pretty good. Yeah. 
When is the Pride game? July 15th. I always find it strange when they don't put the Pride games on in Pride Month, although I guess yeah. it's harder to schedule... I don't know. It I, is I, weird. I should pro- it is weird, but I should... I should not knowing how the scheduling all works, I should give. I should cut some of those people slack. Sure. sure. There's know, a lot of factors, yeah. I know there's a lot of moving parts to that. Like, I thought about... I Like, I sat down and tried to think about, like, what it would take to schedule a Major League Baseball season, and my head started to hurt, so I stopped. A big part of it also, I think, is, like, a lot of, like, groups table and stuff at those events. Mm. So, like... If you're doing it during Pride Month, it's another thing that you're doing already in their busiest month as an organization. Yeah. For sure. Uh, at Lake Monster on Twitter, who is your ideal Sunday game mic'd up candidate? And what would you ask them about? Like just a player that was yeah. like getting mic'd Playing up on the Playing on field? Sunday night baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. my, I, like mine's just a cop out because it's just Joey Votto. Yeah, that's, that was the obvious one to me. Success. Yeah. That yeah. was. In terms of who I'd like to see in the future... I don't know who's like a dang ass freak that wouldn't be like a huge chud. Mm-hmm. The other one that I thought of that I like that I think that I think would be good just because he has a uh, history of interesting things happening while he's being interviewed is uh, Nick Cassianos. Oh god, uh, yeah, that would be really he, good. He's, oh yeah, he yeah. Uh, he hit a home run yesterday, which was Memorial Day, uh, yeah. in the middle of them being somber about the troops or whatever, which <laughs> I thought was extremely funny. Excellent. Of course, of course. Uh, I, I think my answer to this is, uh, it, it's it's like such a fantasy, it'll never happen. I would love to hear like a, a starting pitcher get mic'd up for an inning. Oh my God. Just because of everything going through their head during that would be fascinating. It'll absolutely never happen. No. No, none of them would ever agree to it. They wouldn't even ask. But I would be fascinated, obviously, to hear Zach Granke mic'd up. Yeah. Oh God! Scherzer Zach... just screaming. <laughs> well, they <laughs> like, have to just... bleep the entire yeah. thing out. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, with a lot of pitchers. Like yeah. uh, last year's All Star game with Liam Hendricks. That was such a blast. Oh. That was oh, yeah. so yeah. fun. A closer would be really cool yeah. too, especially like a Liam Hendricks type. Like yeah, yeah, and he was he pitcher, was swearing yeah. up a storm and those pre- guys are psychos. Pretended yeah. not to hear the people trying to interview him. <laughs> yeah, what a king. Uh, let's just end this one, a quick one here from BL, a uh, friend of mine. I'm going to go to a Twins game with him soon. Uh, other than watching my team as much as possible, the Twins, uh, what is the best way to become a fan of the league? There's a large amount of knowledge involved in appreciating baseball. Is it something that just happens with time? And uh, I wanted to end with this question, just wrap this up quick, because it's something we've talked about a lot, so I think we can address it pretty quickly. Uh, my advice, serious advice, is to play fantasy baseball yeah. for one season. Yep. Yep. Um, that will, that will kickstart it a lot. I mean, stuff will happen over time, but that will give you a good idea of, uh, players on a ton of the teams and you will be paying attention to guys on teams that you would never normally Mm -hmm. watch. Mm -hmm. Um, less useful for trying to find out who is good at baseball, but (laughs) what I, what really helped me was, uh, for about three or four years i did thirst baseman which meant i looked at every roster to find the hots uh mm-hmm. and i kept through that the entire year so uh i got to know at least the names of mm-hmm. basically everybody playing and i knew who the hot ones were 
sometimes they were really good at baseball. Sometimes they were terrible, but I knew who they were. Um, <laughs> so, but the, the correct answer is fantasy. Yeah. And I have a couple of the quick recommendations that made the past as well. If you're if you're very if you if you if you uh, learn by reading, uh, the Athletic is a great subscription because they yeah. have coverage from every single team. You can like just tune into the narratives of each team. There's also comprehensive articles that pull from di- like different team narratives and say what's going on across the league. I will also say if you're a visual learner and you have some time in the morning, uh, there's a couple different places that will do daily recaps of league games, including a couple of good channels on YouTube, but. I've been really liking the Apple TV daily recap. They also have a weekly recap. That's uh, if, if you don't have the time every single day to watch, but it's just like a couple highlights from each game from the night before it's player names. It's, it's great defensive plays. It's big home runs. Uh, and it's a bunch of errors too, which are wonderful. Uh, highly recommend just to get a feel for like what other teams, what the rosters look like, what the guys look like and kind of what's going on on a day-to-day basis. Good advice. That's really good advice. I should, I should check that out too. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't had the time to watch nearly as many games as I used to, like last season where I would be uh watching three games a day and shit. <laughs> so I should I should start doing that. Um cool. Well, I think we're gonna go over to the Patreon side of the episode. And if you haven't already and you wanna hear the rest of this, go to patreon.com slash batting around uh, and sign up there. Five bucks a month will give you an extra, you know probably about 20 to 30 minutes on every episode uh so yeah go go sign up for that we're gonna be talking player to be shamed later uh and a bunch of other stuff here on the patreon side so stay tuned (laughs) 